0: Ladies and gentlemen, we understand that we have some younger listeners who tune in from time to time as first-time investors. I would like to reassure those young listeners that we do not promote, condone, or participate in the cocaine lifestyle. Do not do cocaine. Was that a good disclaimer? Yeah, that was. Are you ready? We will begin working on an impenetrable, physical, tall, powerful beautiful
1: southern border wall. I call it extreme
0: vetting, right? Extreme vetting. I want extreme. It's going to be so tough. And if somebody comes in, that's fine, but they're gonna be good. It's extreme. It's extreme. Powerful, beautiful, extreme vetting, right? Extreme. Powerful. Beautiful. I'm starting. Ready? <clears throat> yep. Let's do it. I'm start with a cocaine. <laughs> Woo! Welcome to Election Profit Makers, a guide to winning and losing money on the 2016 campaign using online prediction markets. Today's date is the 1st of September. This is the 6th of 17 episodes in our podcast series. I'm David Reese and I'm joined by my childhood friend, John Kimball. Hi, John. Hey, David. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Okay. Well, uh, another week has passed, and it's time to discuss the campaign and to discuss our portfolios. John, what happened on your TV last night?
1: Trump went to Phoenix, Arizona, and gave a very fiery speech to a very pro-Trump wrestling-type crowd. And it was incredibly fiery and incredibly... Powerful and energetic and scary, and it was pretty much the opposite of the softening that we had seen last week and even had seen yesterday or uh earlier in the day.
0: Yeah, I agree the softening is officially dead it is We are in the uh <laughs> cocainening stage of the Trump campaign right now. Last night was basically his say hello to my little friend moment in terms (laughs) of the speech. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Trump is so interesting because I think he is a teetotaler. I don't think he ingests intoxicants, but I feel like he is on drugs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Last night, he was at the very
1: least on some sort of amphetamine, maybe, or I mean, five hour energy, creatine, I don't know, something. Something.
0: Yeah, he's not young, he's not healthy, he flew to Mexico and back, and then he showed up in Arizona and gave a, a, pretty, in, a pretty, intense, uh, pretty intense speech. Yeah, I was impressed, actually. Are you going to vote for him now? I'm thinking I might vote for
1: yeah, him. Yeah, I think, I, I think a lot of people probably are going to vote for him after that speech last night. Do you like Trump now? No, I don't, I don't like him, but I, I still find him incredibly entertaining. Wrong answer! What? I still find him incredibly entertaining. I I found myself enjoying that speech last night, as dark and as awful as it was, yes.
0: If you can take an ironic perspective towards an objectively awful speech that is bringing out the worst in some people, you know what, I'll describe the speech the way Peter Travers, the great Rolling Stone magazine uh, film critic, would put it uh, in one of his incisive reviews that inevitably winds up as a blurb on a movie poster. A nonstop rollicking roller coaster ride. Trump's Arizona speech sneaks up and floors you. Boom. Nice. Okay, John. Does the Arizona speech have anything to do with our markets and our portfolios? When he was in Mexico yesterday, and and there was no markets
1: on whether Trump would go to Mexico, his favorite country. But when he was in Mexico, I was thinking he looked pretty presidential, and it was just the optics of it. And I was thinking that that was going to affect the market positively for him until he erased it all last night in Arizona. So I'm unsure how it's going to affect the market at this point. There has been a lot of tightening in the polls this week, but I'm afraid that it is probably not going to continue after that because that was not a
0: broadening of his uh, potential... You're telling me that speech isn't going to broaden his appeal among undecided and independent voters? I'm not thinking so. Why not? It was high energy. Earlier in the day, he had looked presidential, quoting you. I still don't understand what that word means. Or I'm still not convinced you were actually looking at Donald Trump because there's something about his face that just looks unpresidential to he,
1: me. But I thought he did okay. I mean, when he, he didn't
0: pee himself. Oh, okay. Threshold
1: uh, achieved. And he was... he. W- he was very, uh, he was low energy. He was um, even thoughtful, I thought. What was he thoughtful about? I mean, he said all the right things about how, I mean, none of it was true, but it was all the he, that he wanted what was good for the United States and what was good for Mexico and how he has lots of respect for Latinos. I thought he did well.
0: So talk to me about the the tightening in the race. This is inevitable, right? Yes. Here,
1: here, here's what happened this this week in, in terms of the the tightening. The RCP, the Real Clear Politics average of Clinton and Trump, is now at four point nine percent, and that's pretty much the closest it's been since early August. And much of this is Trump rising, but he's still below forty two percent. Five thirty eight still has Clinton with a seventy four percent chance of winning in the polls only forecast. But the the that's fundamentals. Horrible,
0: that gives him a 25%, that gives Trump a 25% chance of winning. I know. He, he This is a high mark for him at this point. I would never take those odds on anything with as potentially catastrophic consequences as Donald Trump being president. So what is the deal? Why is this stupid race tightening? It was
1: inevitable that it was going to tighten. Clinton hasn't had a great few weeks with all of the email and the Clinton Foundation stuff. We've gotten further away from the conventions, so the bounce has disappeared, Trump does have a new campaign staff, and he is acting a little bit less crazy, and he started running ads. Now, he's not running many, but he is running ads for the first time. But the fundamentals of the race still haven't changed. He has no campaign offices anywhere has no get-out-the-vote infrastructure. All that is still the same. So yes, things have have tightened, but that doesn't mean that he is in a position where he's going to win.
0: Okay, so let's put aside for now any panic feelings that I or the listeners have about, oh my gosh, it's getting so tight, maybe Trump will win. You still believe that's not going to happen, right? Yes, I still believe that's not going to happen. So just talk to me about the Trump versus Clinton polling on predicted.org. What does the tightening mean for your portfolio in that market?
1: I, I think right now, is a good buying opportunity if you wanted to get in and buy Clinton in some of these presidential markets. Now, some of these presidential markets are closed because there is only a maximum number of of traders that can get in, the 5,000. So if you can't get into the US presidential market, you can get into the market of which party will win the presidency. And it might be a good buying opportunity To get in and buy clinton or buy no for trump right now so i think that's something that has changed another thing that's changed is in the electoral college market we have seen a move toward the lower end of the brackets the middle bracket is 340 to 359 and that's still what most people are thinking but two weeks ago the upper brackets of 400 or more electoral college votes. Basically, the blowout, the
0: blowout brackets. Yeah, those
1: were really spiking. A lot of people were thinking, mm, you know, maybe Arizona, Georgia, Missouri, maybe South Carolina are going to go. Those numbers are now way down. The prices are way down in those upper brackets. So that's a buying opportunity there. Now, in the in the lower brackets, 279 or fewer, those are pretty expensive right now if you wanted to buy yes. Now, if you wanted to buy no, it's a great opportunity to buy no in those brackets
0: because the no's are pretty cheap right now. It sounds like what you're describing is people overreacting to what you always assumed would be an inevitable tightening. And now is the time to buy assuming that eventually, maybe after the debates or after more people start tuning into the election and being exposed to Trump, things will start separating again and we might be back on the path of a blowout. Is that correct? That's correct. And I mean blowout in the sense of how 2008
1: and 2012 were blowouts.
0: Now, I'm looking at this market, who will win the 2016 U.S. presidential election? This is the granddaddy of all predictive markets as far as I'm concerned. Do you agree?
1: Yes, I I love that market.
0: This market is just so pure and so huge and so vital. And when I look at it, I notice that Trump is actually trading at 31 cents. Overvalued, John? Yeah, I'd say Trump is pretty expensive right there. I got Joe Biden trading at 2 cents. Should I get in on that Biden activity? You want to buy yes on that? I don't know. Two cents a share that Joe Biden will be the next president? That could be a fun use of two cents. What do you think?
1: Well, you know, in this market, I'm no on everybody. You just think there's not nobody's going to be president? Well, I mean, I mean, no on everybody but Clinton. (laughs) So.
0: Oh, I see. Hold on. You're no on Mike Pence? Yeah, I'm no on Mike Pence. How can Mike Pence be trading lower than Joe Biden? That makes no sense. I know. These these are these are
1: crazy. I'm underwater on a lot of these. Are you serious? Yeah. And, you know, I bought uh, Gary Johnson at 99 cents and he and I'm maxed out, I think, at 99 or 98 cents. And he's he's always trading at three or four cents. So
0: I'm always like 30 or 40 dollars underwater with him. But of course, he's not going to win. What about George Pataki trading at one cents? He could be president or Jim Webb. Yeah. Bill de de Blasio. (laughs) (laughs) How is Bill de Blasio
1: going to be president? I don't own those. Those those shares were actually gone by the time I got involved
0: in this market. Yeah. Hold on. I might have to buy one of these Ben Carsons at, at a one penny. Ben Carson right now is, is literally a penny stock. Will Ben Carson win the 2016 U.S. presidential election? I am going to buy 100 shares of yes at a penny a share. Just to say that... If Ben Carson becomes president, I will win $100. My offer was accepted instantly. Now I'm going to go to my share tab and just look at my portfolio. And there's Ben Carson, 100 shares, yes, a penny per share. Come on, Ben, Dr. Ben, can you make it to the White House? Ben, Dr. Carson, paging Dr. Carson, (laughs) making me my money, John, it's time for me to talk about something very unpleasant that happened to me this week. And of course, I'm referring to the Donald Trump favorability rating market, which I lost big on. You'll remember last week and last week's episode when I bought three shares in that. Do you remember? Yep, I do. Maybe one of the most thrilling 30 seconds in the history of, of podcasts. I had bet that Donald Trump's favorability rating would not... Top 33% on August 31st. And guess what? It did. It came in at 35% on the RCP average. And so I lost. Oh, I lost. Hold on. I lost 27 cents. Ugh, sorry, man. Tell me something to make me feel better. Uh, tell me now. Tell me now. Make me feel better now.
1: I lost uh, way more than that this week. Speak to me of your losses. I lost
0: $31, so... Ooh, John. Yeah. Buddy, is that... You mean on a single market, and you made more than that in other places? Or that was that's for the week, you're down $31? Yeah,
1: that's for the week. I, I made about $70 on Debbie Wasserman Schultz winning her primary, and then I lost $100 in the
0: Trump versus Clinton polling market. What happened, dude? You said last week you were gonna play those markets, and I really thought you were gonna do a good job in those Clinton versus Trump polling markets. Is this because of the tightening? It, it was the tightening. It was
1: pretty volatile, and it's hard for me. To, so much happened at the end of the the week that I tried to go back and piece it together just from my notes to see what happened, and I don't even know if I can explain it, but I can. I'll try please try okay this is gonna be
0: this this is gonna be really exciting for people first of all I'm gonna tell all our listeners to do two rails of cocaine right now <laughs> to get really energized because this is about to be beautiful and powerful and impenetrable and tall John explain what happened okay well uh, I
1: started off in um, B2, B3, and B4. I had yes in all yeah, of these. Yeah yeah, okay? yeah, yeah, yeah. you got those it? Those are
0: hot brackets, bro. Those are hot brackets. You got oh, it? Oh, I'm so pumped about those brackets. Woo!
1: I was no brackets. on the ends. B1 and B5. You know how
0: I do. I'm always no. Uh- <laughs> John, I know how you do. You're always no on the ends. That's right. You're yes in the middle, but you're no on the ends, bro. Just like me. Just like me. That's right. Okay, so on Monday... It starts looking like everything's
1: heading to B2. And I've got oh, stuff, yeah. I got stuff in B2. So I'm okay. I
0: know you got stuff in B2, right? But if, your position you have a position on B2. But if
1: B2 wins, that means all of my shares in B3 are gonna lose. So I decided I'm
0: gonna sell those B3s, go, yes. go all in on B2. John, I love it when you disobey your fundamental rules about. Positions and markets. That's right. You were a bad boy, weren't you? Yes, I was. So why'd you let your why'd you let your head get so swolled up?
1: I know. I I don't know. I, I guess I just get bored. You were
0: just riding that rush, you know?
1: Okay. So I also had some in B four. I bought them at fifteen cents. They were now down to four cents. So ah. what do you do at that point? You hold on to those. You you don't sell at that. Wait, what? Yeah. You 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 just hold on to them. Did I do that? No, I sold him. I was like, damn it, John. I know, I know. I know, it's exists Pissed man, why'd you do that? I don't know. I, I said, I'm gonna sell them because everyone was like B4 is dead. It's dead. I mean, it was, it, it was dead. So I sold it and I bought nose, got
0: me? Yeah, you betrayed your B4 brotherhood. That's right. The brotherhood of the B4 bracket was betrayed by John Kimball. I know. And a brother should never turn his back on a bracket. Okay. You're a bracket back turner and I'm disgusted. Tuesday morning. 3:10 a.m.
1: <laughs> the L.A. Times puppet
0: maker's lifestyle.
1: The L.A. Times U.S.C. Daily Tracking Poll comes out, and it is a bit of a surprise. It is a plus three for Trump. It always has a bit of a bend toward Trump, but it doesn't usually show a number like that. So Real Clear Politics adds it. At the same time, they drop a Gravis poll. Arbitrarily, a Gravis poll that, ironically, had Clinton plus eight, and in one fell swoop,
0: the. Why did they swap out the Gravis for the L.A. Times Because poll? it was, you know, they just
1: they had too many polls in the average, so we, we you you have no idea. Some people say the
0: mysterious puppet masters at RCP answer to no one, that's and right. the power is in their hands, and that's why some say that RCP actually stands for. A radical cocaine posse. So, and some people believe that 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 Real Clear Politics
1: has a, a bit of a GOP lean, and they will drop polls that make the Republicans look bad. So, in one fell swoop, the average went from Clinton up six points to Clinton up five point one points, just like that. And as one commenter wrote that morning, "Here we go. B two just got shot in the back of the head." And that was me. I was B2. And I lost everything. You got assassinated by RCP. Exactly. And because I had sold B3 and B4, I wasn't hedged. So B3 immediately went to 90. B4 shot up to about 30. Now, remember, I bought nose in B4. So now I'm losing. I immediately say I'm cutting my losses. I sell my nose. I lose like 20 bucks or so. So now what do I do? Should I go in and buy those 90 cent B3s? Never smart to buy at 90 cents. But it's Tuesday and the market's closing the next day, right? Correct. So let's see. At this point, what happens?
0: I have to say this is the most exciting story I've heard all week. Right? Right? Yeah. Oh, it sounds like you're describing the first 15 minutes of Saving Private Ryan. (laughs) Okay. So now everyone's thinking B3 is going to
1: win. It's trading at 90 cents and no more polls are going to be coming out this week. So this is going to be the winner. And remember last week when I told everyone when I was talking about Reuters and you kept interrupting me and laughing, laughing about Reuters?
0: I have no recollection of that. Okay.
1: I was trying to make this very important point that Reuters numbers may be released early, but they don't count. It's the numbers that get released by Ipsos on Thursday. Those are the ones that count. Those Reuters Ipsos numbers that come will only count when they come out on Thursday. Okay, what happened? (laughs) They came out on Wednesday this week. They came out on a Wednesday. And if if I'd been paying attention in the comments section, J Mark, who is a veteran, someone had asked him when the Reuters numbers come out and he said, they come out on Thursday. And then he wrote, but they have come out on Wednesdays sometimes. And if I'd been paying attention, I might've not been shocked when they came out on Wednesday and shot B3 in the back of the head. It went from 90 to 10 and now B4
0: went to 90. Isn't this exciting, John? It's time for us to wrap up this saga of your financial misdeeds. So all told, how does this story end?
1: Uh, it it just ended. I had the opportunity then to buy B four at ninety cents, and I said, "There's no way I'm going to do that," and um, and then ended up resolving in B four. And the total damage to your portfolio was how much? In that market was a hundred dollars, but for the week, it was thirty dollars. I can't get over four thousand. Right. I keep getting over four thousand. It keeps bumping me back. So I'm at I'm at thirty nine
0: fifty right now. Wait, what are you talking about? Four thousand dollars? Yeah. That's how much money you have in predict it right now? Right. And is four thousand dollars the hard absolute limit? No. And right. I've gotten above four thousand a few times, but I I I just can't stay up there. You're like the guy trying to run the four minute mile and you can't quite do it. That's right. Debate season is upon us, and as I was hoping, that means that PredictIt.org is turning its attention to words. What words will will the candidates say in the debate context? Many of you will remember how much fun we had betting on similar contracts during the conventions, and now it's time to do so with the debate. So John, are there any word-related contracts you would like to introduce to our listeners? Yes,
1: one just popped up today. Will Trump say Crooked Hillary in the first debate?
0: It is trading at, looking at it, 65 oh, it's trading at cents. 65 cents. Pretty expensive. I don't think he'll say it. Really? I don't think so. I'm going to look at the rules. A, because it's always good if there's the slightest bit of fudge factor to check out the rules. And also because I love the rules they have when they're talking about word related bets. So the rules say during the presidential debate held at Hofstra University on September 26th, Donald Trump shall utter the phrase crooked Hillary. Hmm. Are you going to jump into this one? It's pretty tempting. It's- I'm in. I'm doing it right now. But I'll tell you what. I'm buying no. I'm buying five shares of no. And I'll tell you why. Because as much as Trump likes saying Crooked Hillary, I think that his team is going to be so freaked out about his debate performance mm-hmm. in that first televised one-on-one head-to-head live event that they are going to tell him to not utter any of his delightful and famous catchphrases. And I think he will abide by their ruling, even though I have no evidence at all as to why he would listen to those people. Nevertheless, the deed is done. I'm the proud owner of five shares in no. Trump will not say Crooked Hillary in the first debate. Care to join me in this wonderful pool, John? The water's fine. I, yeah, you convinced me. I, I think you're right. Get in right now. I'm going to buy 100
1: shares. Wow. All right. The thing is, I think it might, you know... I'm going to buy 25 shares right now, because I think— Wait, I,
0: what, what just happened? You were going to do 100, now you're doing 25. No, but what? I think what it, in the world? I think
1: I might be able to get them for cheaper. I think, you know, people get really excited. Maybe it'll get up to 80, and I'll be able to get the nose for only 20 cents. This market just showed up today, and the Trumpkins, they don't really show up until late at night. They've been drinking, so I could see this going to 80 cents <laughs> later on, tonight. Are
0: you serious?
1: No, I am serious. Things get wild on Predict It later in the evening. I could see this getting up to 80 cents tonight.
0: You're saying people treat Predict It like so many of us treat eBay where we have a few bottles of Chablis and then we top it off with a nice rosé and then we go on Amazon.com and we buy shoes and socks for all our friends and we wake up the next morning and we think, what on earth have (laughs) I done? Yes. So I'm going to buy 25 right now. Okay. But please keep your eye on this market and please submerge more of your body into it so that we can swim as friends. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Talk to you later. Bye. We have some very intelligent listeners, and we love, obviously, getting our questions and getting our feedback and all these things from our listeners, but we've had two enterprising listeners who have gone above and beyond, and I want to publicly acknowledge them for their generosity, even though I don't really understand what it entails. Bo and David, I'm talking to both of you. Bo and David were both kind enough to write scripts. I'm talking about computer code, I think, that would automate identifying uh, good markets for negative risk. And then also, I think, automatically buying the shares. John, is that possible and legal? I think it's possible.
1: I don't think that that um, is acceptable, according to predicted terms of service. Any type of automated or um, script that would Run through the website, I think you would really want to check their terms of service to see if that is allowed. And I believe it probably
0: isn't. And why not? Because then you would be essentially outsourcing the human judgment and insight that this website is supposed to quantify to androids and cyborgs. Right. Is that what it is? Yeah,
1: because this is, yeah, they're using this for educational purposes.
0: But anytime you load up on negative risk, even if you're doing it at your own discretion rather than that of the script, you are kind of not using predicted.org the way it's designed to be used, right? I don't know. That's a good question. Thank you. If you can answer our question, please email the answer to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. Let me just read people. So we have two different versions of this script. You know, um, I think they were written in two different... Computer languages? Does that make sense? (laughs) I'm going to read you the script. (laughs) This made me so happy. A special shout out to David because he wrote a script called Wave Rider. (laughs) It says, uh, I'll read this really quick, and then if it doesn't make any sense, we'll cut it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is an election profit makers exclusive. The first public reading of the Wave Rider script by Dave for determining negative risk. Anyone who wants to use it, begin transcribing now. Here we go. Percentage wave rider function is optimized over possible strategies. New line, function F equals wave rider, parentheses X, close parentheses, semicolon. New line, no underscore prices equals bracket, 0.75, semicolon, 0.8, semicolon, 0.9, semicolon, 0.5, semicolon, 0.9, close bracket, semicolon. Percentage cost of no in each bracket. New line, N equals length parentheses no underscore prices close parentheses semicolon new line if some parentheses one dash no underscore prices close parentheses less than one new line display parentheses error not a negative risk market exclamation point close parentheses new line end New line for I equals one colon N percentage. Suppose bracket I resolves as yes. New line A equals X parentheses I close parentheses asterisk. No underscore prices parentheses I close parentheses semicolon percentage money loss for bracket I new line B equals zero semicolon new line for I equals one colon N new line. If J tilde equals one new line (laughs) B equals B plus X parentheses J close parentheses asterisk parentheses one dash nope underscore prices parentheses J close parentheses close parentheses semicolon percentage money one from other brackets. New line and new line and new line F parentheses. I close parentheses equals a minus nine. John, stop giggling. Okay, where was I? New line F parentheses I close parentheses equals A minus N asterisk B over 10 semicolon percentage. Remember predicted.org takes a 10% cut new line end. How is that a computer program that can make me money? That's incredible. If this is really the kind of thing that people are getting up to with computers, no wonder everybody's so goddamn rich all the time. All right. Thank you, Dave. I hope I did justice to your computer program. And I hope anyone who is transcribing that in their notepad and intends to use it later does so for the benefit of all. Is it worth doing? I, I kind of like the idea of just reading out computer code yeah, and letting people that try it. I love that. Okay. I, that was great. Bo, your script was so complicated, I couldn't even tell what I was looking at. <laughs> if there's more interest from people in automated predicted.org betting bots and scripts, um, we would love to discuss it further, maybe with somebody who knows what they are talking about. Anything to add, John? Nope. This week's episode of Election Profit Makers is brought to you by our very generous donors. If you'd like to make a donation, it's as simple as PayPaling as much money as possible to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. So thank you, Benjamin W. Thank you, Dan, Hillary, Dan, and Nicole. Thank you, Robert S. On behalf of another S. Thank you, Justin F. And a special thank you to Tall Pat Records of Chicago. We truly appreciate all your donations. Disco is consuming more pellets than anyone thought possible. Isn't that right, John? That's right. How many disco pellets do you think Donald Trump consumed before last night's speech? Tell me the truth. I don't know. I'm going to need a better answer.
1: Consumed?
0: A hundred? Thank you. John, here's a question from Andrew. Hey, John and Dave, been thoroughly enjoying your podcast and getting deeply entrenched into the world of Predicted. I definitely joined in during what is apparently a slump in the excitement of the website, but one area I found that's still fairly crazy are the markets in which you predict how many pants on fire statements the candidates will make in a given month based on PolitiFact verdicts. It seems to be largely a guessing game where the market tries to stay one pants on fire statement ahead of the candidate to buy low, sell high once another statement rings false. Have either of you spent much time in this area? And if so, what advice do you have to navigate these markets successfully? John, can you answer this question?
1: Yes. Uh, first of all- I... Then it would please me greatly if you would do so. Okay. Well, first of all, It has come out um, and they have a clarifying rule. So in response to trader questions, the rule is clear that qualifying statements will be those PolitiFact identifies as made during the month of August. Under this rule, the determinative factor is the date that PolitiFact declares that the statement in question was made, not when the statement was reported. Example, if PolitiFact identifies a statement as being made on July 31st and then reports it on the PolitiFact website on August 1st, the statement is a July statement and is not counted as an August false statement for this market. Oof. Oof. And that is why I don't have a lot of experience in this market. It seems like a recipe for confusion. Mm. So
0: I've stayed away from it. That's, your, uh, okay, <clears throat> so that's your answer to Andrew? That's just too confusing and you're not messing with it? Yeah, that's not good. Uh, okay, oh, it's okay. I'll take a stab at answering Andrew's question. Andrew, you made a huge mistake in your question, which is that you addressed me as Dave. There is only one person on the planet who I allow to call me Dave. Or I should say, one person on the planet who, when they call me Dave, I don't visibly recoil and shudder. And that is our old friend, Mike. John, what did Mike do in our secret high school band? Mike played guitar. That's right. What kind of guitar did he play? I don't know. What kind of guitar was it? Uh, it was a it was a weird crummy Gibson SG that weighed like two pounds. I think it was not one of the original valuable ones. I think it was some kind of knockoff or something. Anyway, at the time we thought it was the coolest thing. What in the kind world. of uh, that's, that's distortion was, pedal did he huh? have? <laughs>
1: I know you know that I one, buddy. I can't. I I seriously I cannot
0: Tronics re- the Tronics distortion <laughs> pedal. <laughs> what was it? Tronics.
1: Yeah, it was. You're talking about that gr- that gray green plastic thing. It did not work <laughs> at all. Like, He would kick, it'd be like.
0: Here's here's my impression of Mike hitting us. This is my, okay. Andrew, I'm going to get to your question in a second. Here's my impression of Mike hitting a string on his guitar and then pressing the Tronix pedal. See if you can tell when in this impression the Tronix is engaged. Ding. (laughs) Okay. But that's enough talk about guitar effects pedals. So, Andrew, first of all, I don't know how to answer your question. Second of all, if you ever submit a follow-up question, please address me as David. That's all. But thank you for your interest, and uh, I hope that we have resolved your question to your satisfaction. Anything else to add before we move on, John? Nope. John, when we had our weekly planning phone call with Starly as to what we would discuss on this week's episode of Election Profit Makers, you ended that call by discussing something very intriguing. You have set up shop with an eye towards the future. Like the best American politicians, you see the best days just ahead of us. Tell me now what you have in store. The big payday.
1: I am looking at election day as the big payday. Instead of focusing every week on these individual markets where I may or may not lose, I have decided to start focusing on building positions in markets which are
0: going to resolve on November 8th. You are playing the long game. That's right. You're giving up all these quickies. You're in it to last. You're building a monogamous long-term relationship with making a shit ton of money right about now. That's right.
1: I mean, eight weeks, it, it's not that far away. So it's not too early, really, to to, to start building your position because you can make a big payday on election day. How so? If you can get into the, the electoral college market and start slowly building your negative risk across the board, you can set yourself up where you can win $500, $1,000, $1,500, especially if you end up flipping to yes in the winning bracket. Now in in 2008 and 2012 we had a very good idea of which states were going to go. In in 2012 the only state really that we were concerned about was North Carolina and even then most people thought North Carolina would go with Romney and it did. In 2008 it was North Carolina and Missouri. So Assuming that 2016 is the same way, by election eve, we're going to have a very good idea of how that market is going to resolve. So if you're set up, you're going to make very good money there. Now, one thing you can do, I should point out that if you don't have the money ready as of yet, because these markets have a 5,000 trader limit, they're going to start filling up. and you may get to a point where you want to buy shares in Ohio and it's already reached its 5,000 trader limit.
0: It's at capacity. The room is at capacity.
1: Wait outside. That's right. So you can go in today and just buy one share in Ohio for 56 cents. And now you're in. You don't have to invest any more than that. So I've gone through and I have one share in Florida, one share
0: in Ohio, one share in Virginia. I have one share in a bunch of different ones. That's why we call you One Share Johnny, king of the one share action. Foot in the door in every single state. Because
1: after election day is over,
0: it's going to be sort of a wasteland. Predictit.org? Yeah.
1: I mean, we're going to go back to we're still going to have these Obama approval and we're still going to have all this other stuff. But all these state markets, we're not going to see any of that. The election is the Olympics, So start getting ready today for what's gonna happen in eight
0: weeks. I just got so excited when you said that. Any other final words of inspiration to our listeners who are embarking on this eight week journey? Just try to have fun with it and just try to get rich. (laughs) What's more important in life, having fun or getting rich? Don't think, just answer. Having fun. That's it for this week's episode of Election Profit Makers. If you have any questions, you can always write us at contact at electionprofitmakers.com. If you want to make a donation, the address is the same, PayPal money to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. If you'd like to listen to older episodes, they're available on iTunes, which is also the best place to leave a rating or make a nice comment about Election Profit Makers. Do you have anything else you'd like to say to me, John? Um, remember the time I was singing and Mike's
1: dad walked in? There were some pretty vulgar lyrics. Do you remember that? I, I
0: vaguely remember that.
1: What happened? I don't remember what song it was, but he walked in <laughs> and he was like, Whoa, I don't know. And another thing I remember was the time that you were at my house and we were talking about, joking about Cocaine City, and we butt dialed my mom. And left her a voicemail, and we were talking about cocaine, and she was. and, and, and this was like this was five years
0: ago. Yeah, this was when we were. Adults. Yeah, we're talking about renaming. What what NBA franchise were we thinking of? It was the Atlanta Hawks, I believe. Oh, I thought it was the Miami Heat. Was it the Atlanta Hawks? Uh, yeah, maybe it was the maybe it was the Miami Heat. And we were discussing like what would it take for the Miami Heat to change its official team name to Cocaine City? So we were joking about
1: Cocaine City and saying Cocaine City over and over and over and we called my mom
0: but dialed your mom and then what happened she told you about it the next day yeah
1: and she was like are you and david on drugs and i said yeah Uh, i said we're on cocaine